think we have Dr. Rinaldi on the phone, so we will go to her after Minister Coffey makes a short statement. So thanks, and I'll hand it over to Minister Coffey. Great. Good afternoon, and uh, thank you for uh, for coming today, and, uh, and thank you for your forbearance as we work through the technical issues. Uh, so, pleased to be here today to talk about Bill Four, the Alberta Healthcare Insurance Amendment Act 2022, and this act is is really uh, bill is really quite straightforward. It's part of the government's commitment to a collaborative relationship with physicians focused on partnership and innovation. The bill proposes repealing Section 40.2 of the Alberta Health Care Insurance Act. This section of the Act allows government to terminate compensation-related agreements such as the one we had with the Alberta Medical Association. This leg legislation is no longer required given the terms of the new agreement that we have reached between the uh, Government of Alberta and the AMA. I am very pleased that over 70% of voting physicians supported this new agreement. With its concrete solutions and significant investments, the new agreement will address the unprecedented pressures facing Alberta's health system, target areas of concern, and support Albertans' health care needs. Albertan physicians will continue to be among the highest compensated in the country, with an average increase of 4% over the four-year term of the agreement. The new agreement puts a strong priority on primary health care, including a sliding scale of rate increases with the highest increases for family physicians at 5.2%. Lump sum increases will be given to primary care networks of $20 million in each of 2022-2023 and 2023-2024. And this is being done to provide additional support for primary care while the Modernizing Alberta's Primary Health Care System panel work takes place. With additional targeted spending, including new supports for rural physician recruitment, spending on family medicine overall will increase by 8% over three years. While much of the increase will be provided directly to family doctors, targeted funding will go to programs like the Rural Remote Northern Program, the Recruitment and Retention Program. These programs directly benefit family doctors to help with the increased business costs that they are experiencing right now. About $750 million in new funding over four years is being invested to stabilize the health care system, including $260 million in targeted funding. This targeted funding is going toward physician recruitment and retention, incentives for physicians to work in rural and remote northern communities, physician support programs, and funding to assist physicians with business costs. We recently announced details on an agreed-upon 1% rate increase for physicians in each of the next three years and 1% recognition lump sum payment for the exceptional contributions made by physicians during the pandemic. This lump sum payment is worth approximately $45 million uh, or about $4,000 per physician. It will go to the AMA by the end of this calendar year for distribution to their members. We are also working with a the AMA to implement the 1% rate increase for fiscal year 2022-23. The increase applies to fee-for-service and alternative relationship plan rates, providing an additional $46 million to physicians. As outlined in our new agreement, the rate increase is heavily weighted for specialties facing the greatest pressures. We are working with the AMA to distribute these increases across uh, the 
uh, the uh, all doctors, including specialties. And they will be effective April 1, 2022, and are expected to be finalized uh, and paid out by March 31st, 2023. Now, the first three years of the agreement provide rate stability. Year four will see implementation of results from a comprehensive market review based on comparisons with Ontario West jurisdictions. There will also be a global rate adjustment in year four to reflect general economic and fiscal conditions at that time. There is the potential for binding arbitration for both the market review and global rate adjustments should we not be able to reach an agreement. Additionally, there will be gain sharing in years three and four of this agreement where the AMA can receive 50% of any savings achieved by keeping cost growth below population and complexity. This legislation is another step in our relationship with Alberta's physicians to create a collaborative environment founded on mutual respect and trust with innovative ideas for the future. It is a commitment I made in the new agreement with the AMA and we're taking immediate action through the fourth bill of this legislative session to fulfill the promise that we've made to Alberta physicians. I'm very happy to introduce this legislation and to move forward with the AMA in a new spirit of collaboration, partnership, and respect. And I'll now ask AMA President Dr. Rinaldi to say a few words, and she's coming in on the phone line. Dr. Rinaldi. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Copping, and apologies again for the uh, technology glitches here. But thank you for carrying through on the commitment under our new AMA agreement to repeal, repeal Section 40.2. This is another important milestone on the road forward with the agreement. In recent weeks, we've seen other signs of progress, such as the lifting of the daily services cap. The AMA appreciates the timely collaboration that we have seen. Government and physicians have a great deal of work ahead together to improve access to care for Albertans and to stabilize physician practices, which are part of the infrastructure of the healthcare system. As for today, with the introduction of Bill 4, we are taking an important further step in rebuilding the relationship between government and the medical profession. When Bill 4 has been passed in the legislature and formally proclaimed, the AMA will withdraw our lawsuit. In the interim, we will remain focused on our main task of delivering quality care to Albertans and advocating on their behalf. I think that's it from Dr. Rinaldi. Thanks very much, and thanks for taking time on what I think is a clinic day for you, Dr. Rinaldi. So uh, we've got reporters in the room and a few online, so we'll start in the room, I think. It's great to be back in the TV room. Uh, questions for Minister Copping and or Dr. Rinaldi? Yes, you... Uh, I, it's me. Repealed this section of the act. Was it a mistake? Are you sorry? Do you have regrets to express to doctors about putting that clause into the act in the first place? So, so I am committed to building a collaborative relationship with the doctors. Uh, we have focused with uh, uh, Dr. Warren and now uh, Dr. Rinaldi to you know, develop a, a partnership. Um, this is a very different time that we're in now. You know, previously, you know, it was pre-COVID uh, and pre. Uh, prior to the pressures that we had on our, our, our system when we put this in place. Um, but we need to move past that. Uh, and so I'm very pleased that I was able to work with Dr. Warren in terms of doing, you know, en entering into interest-based uh, bargaining and reaching this agreement, and very pleased to be working with Dr. Rinaldi on implementing this agreement uh, and living up to the commitments that we made in it. And this bill is one of those commitments. But I don't hear regret. I don't hear that was a mistake on the path of my, my predecessor. Do you think that was an error? 
you know, that was a decision that was made at that time, and it was a very different time, right? We need to move past it, and we recognize we need to move past that and actually put in place an agreement that focuses on partnership and working together. Uh, and so that's what this, is agree this agreement does. It removes, uh, as part of it, it's removed this act, but the, the provision 40.2, and that's what this bill does. Um, but more importantly, it sets up a joint management committee to work through uh, the number of issues and, and, and challenges that we are facing uh, with the healthcare system and to be able to work together. So it's, I'm very pleased that we were able to reach this agreement and we were able to move past um, the, uh, the challenges that we, we saw before and work together because there are tremendous joint interests between doctors and the Alberta government. The desire to want to provide care uh, and ensure that we can continue to attract, retain, uh, and compensate our doctors fairly and, and, uh, and be innovative. And this agreement does that. Can I ask Thanks, yeah. Dr. Rinaldi? I'm not sure if she can hear me. Sorry, I can't hear you. What did you say? Uh, sorry, I, I just had some questions for you, Dr. Rinaldi. I understand that you're, you've agreed not to seek legal costs from the province. Can you give us an estimate of your legal costs related to this lawsuit so far? No, I don't have that number, sorry. Okay. And I'm also wondering if you've read the actual text of the bill. Bill 4? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Thank you for the admirably concise answers. Um, we can follow up uh, separately, but so that, that's it for Lisa. Anyone else? Catherine? Yeah, so you, you said that it was a different time as pre-pandemic. I understand that the Bill 21 was brought in October 2019, but once the pandemic hit, the, the opposition said, hey, let's stop this work with doctors. We're, we're going to need them throughout this pandemic. So why is this only coming now? Why, why did you not back down earlier when people were saying it's a problem? So as you, as you know, I came into the role in September of uh, last year, and my focus, the direction I had from uh, the then uh, Premier and, and my focus was on reaching a, an agreement with, with the AMA because there's so many shared interests in the context of you know, managing through the pandemic. So you know, part of this was part of our discussions, um, you know, even at that early date, we, we had uh, multiple conversations using an interest-based approach uh, and were very pleased to be able to reach an agreement. And it took until the summer for us to actually reach an agreement and then until September to get it ratified. Um, this was, has been, an, you know, was an element, a part of that agreement. Um, but the agreement is much more than just this. This is just one component of it. You know, if you look at it, the three themes, you know, partnership, stability and innovation and on partnership it's not only this is one small part but it's also having a management committee to look at a series of issues uh, and help implementate implement this agreement uh, stability you know this agreement provides over 750 million dollars uh, you know increases into uh, uh, for uh, for doctors uh, and then a number of elements to be able to help them deal with business costs uh, and then innovation it, it provides mechanisms for us to look at different ways to pay doctors um, because we recognize that you know fee for service may work for some, but quite frankly not for all, and it doesn't necessarily get all the outcomes that we want. So looking at other methods of pay and how do we how do we support that? And there's a commitment by both parties to work together on improving that and increasing you know alternative methods of pay on this. So you know very pleased with this uh, with this agreement, uh, but it took us some time to actually get there. But that time was time quite frankly well spent. Uh, it enabled us to actually reach uh, this, you know, in, to my view, a very positive agreement and enable us to work together to deal with the challenges that our healthcare system is facing. And 
every every province in the country, of course, has been dealing with these pressure on the healthcare system with this respiratory virus season, but not every province ripped up the agreement with doctors. So how did that decision in Bill 21 position us for where we are now? So, are we playing catch-up? So we, when we take a look at our um, our compensation package, you know, we have, we had then, and we still continue to have uh, some of the highest paid doctors in the in the entire con country. And I'm very pleased that, you know, if we look at the data uh, as of September 30th, you know, we've had an increase of 176 doctors, you know, year over year. Uh, so we are, we are continuing to expand, uh, to expand doctors. Now, don't get me wrong, we still need more, right? And this is, you know, we're continuing to do this work, but this agreement helps lay the foundation for that in terms of ability to attract and retain. Um, and, uh, and, and we are conti continuing to attract uh, doctors to the province and grow our doctor's pool, and this will help us do even more. Thanks. Uh, anyone else in the room? So, okay, a couple more in the room, sure. Just an off-topic question. You reported in an AHS release that was sent out this morning about the transition to DynaLife labs. Friends of Medicare has been critical of that move. Um, why is it the right move for Albertans? Long story short, it, it, it enables us to provide better service and while at the same time reduce our costs. Dynalife has provided uh, services to Alberta for, for years. We did a competitive bid process. Um, you know, they came forward as the, uh, as the winner of that process. Um, and all the money that we are actually able to, you know, not only you know provide the service uh, and an additional service, but all the savings we can put back into the healthcare system, is which is, which is what we're doing. Friends of Medicare suggesting it's become at the expense of worse working conditions. So, I, I I haven't seen their statement, so I can't comment on what they, whether they said that or not. What I do know is that there was a you know as part of the transition. Uh, there was a uh, you know an agreement by Dynalife to you know accept the terms and conditions and you know because of in in the contracts like the uh, uh, the unionized contracts that you know there's a, a requirement you know, in terms of secession rights that moving over. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure what they mean by that because that's my understanding is what's happening. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. We'll, we'll just take one more in the room. Sorry, I got to move to the phone. Are you confident this bill will uh, help bring doctors into rural communities such as? Uh, Cold Lake and, and St. Paul. I, I, I worked in this area and, and spoke with many residents who haven't been able to get a doctor. Uh, if this bill doesn't attract doctors to this to this area, what will the government do to entice more doctors to move to rural Alberta? Yeah. So, so this agreement actually does have a focus on uh, supporting programs that that attract and retain uh, doctors in in rural areas. Um, there's an additional, you know. $15 million for generally for physician recruitment and retention, additional $12 million for the rural remote northern program. Um, you know, there's for all doctors in terms of, uh, you know, business costs, uh, we're adding another $2 million to the reside program, which is focused on, on, on truly remote areas in terms of building doctors. So, you know, this agreement will assist us with that. And, and quite frankly, we're looking at other, uh, other options. You know, I had the opportunity to uh, tour the province, um, you know, speak with over 1,100 uh, people, um, you know, go to uh, uh, approximately 20 different communities, um, you know, almost 40 uh, uh, workshops about what's working, what's not working, how we can improve it. You know, lots of things that we already are doing in terms of, of, is, of looking at, um, you know, 
using leveraging the immigration system to actually get more doctors to uh, and particularly to uh, to rural areas and, and we're actually having success on that you know uh, you know in Lethbridge for example um, you know we're talking about shortages of family physicians we have 17 uh, over the past of the last 12 months that are are in flight or already uh, working with more, you know and then work on on more coming and that's just one example uh, so significant amount of work doing on that but we know we need to streamline that process uh, to make it faster so we're doing that work with the CPSA uh, and we're also looking at potentially expanding our our, uh, our med school programs as well uh, so you know this and I'll take a step back you know this agreement will help set the foundation of of attraction and retention retention and there's a particular challenge in uh, in rural areas um, and the this bill is sort of one element of this agreement uh, and we're living up to our commitment in this agreement with doctors follow-up Arthur or was so that I it can just add a comment. Oh, sorry um, the, re the uh, recruitment of physicians to rural areas has been a problem for as long as I can remember right so this agreement is a step forward but I mean you have to consider all the reasons why physicians may or may not want to work in rural areas. It might be that they have three kids in hockey and they're not going to drive 100 miles a day to Edmonton to uh, go to practices. So it, it's a step forward, but, you know, the biggest barrier right now is the loss of physicians and are we going to attract new physicians and hopefully there's some stability in this agreement that uh, med students coming out see a reason to work in Alberta. So. It's a step forward, but it's not a panacea. Yeah. Thanks, Dr. Rinaldi. Arthur, was that it or follow-up? Uh, that, that's it. He actually answered my follow-up. Thanks. So I thought we had a bunch of reporters waiting on the line. Uh, we'll just take, but it turns out there are a few. We'll just take one and wrap up there. It's a, it's a busy day. Dr. Rinaldi's got to get back to her clinic. We've got to get in the house. So uh, we'll take one from the phone, please. Jason Herring, Calgary Herald. Yeah, hi there. Uh, this is for the health minister. Um, you know, we, we, we do have, I think it's fair to call an ongoing health care crisis at the Alberta health, uh, Children's Hospital. Uh, AHS is taking measures like pausing respite care in order to redeploy staff. So, wondering, Minister, what you would say to parents impacted by and worried about these developments and what your government's plan is to address this? Help is coming. Um, we are, our system is under strain, there's no doubt about that. And this is not just unique to, you know, Albertans Children's Hospital. Um, it is, is uh, you know, we're seeing impacts across the entire country. Uh, sick kids in Toronto, which is reducing, uh, reducing surgeries. You know, Hamilton, uh, the CHOEO in Hamilton is called uh, nurses from, from, the, from the Red Cross. Um, we, we haven't had to do that. We are, you know, we did temporary, uh, temporarily uh, move resources from uh, providing some respite care to the, the children's hospital. Now, there's there's some signs of of um, uh, that we may be cr the, hitting the peak of uh, this current uh, flu uh, that's that's circulating. You you take a look at the data last week. It seems to be you know uh, topping off, and, and and some signs are coming down. We look at the in schools. We look at the absenteeism rate um, that has dropped from you know fifteen percent down to six or seven percent uh, as of uh, as of last week, both in in Calgary and Edmonton. Uh, and again, you look at the wastewater data on. Uh, on, on COVID, uh, which again seems to be relatively stable. There's a couple areas where you, we may be seeing going up, but generally across the province, uh, it's it's either stable or, or in a uh, in a downward trend. Uh, so we, you know, 
Um, we are adding resources in, uh, right now, um, and this is, you know, including, you know, like at the Calgary Children's, the fast track um, to be able to treat people as they come in, treat them right away, and then get them out the door. Uh, and then we also, uh, you know, as we talked about last week, uh, it was reported in the newspapers about, you know, a new trailer uh, there to be able to, you know, for people who are who are who are waiting um, that, you know, and are, and are you know, uh, less severe, um, they can they can wait there so that we can keep them out of the cold. But this is all part of building capacity across our entire system. Uh, we are continuing to invest for in more people and in building capacity in terms of, of uh, beds and also, uh, you know, capacity and alternate levels of care uh, so we can move people, f uh, move faster through the system. So, you know, what we're seeing right now is it, it appears we may be at the peak and then we'll come back down. Um, so that's the short term. Uh, longer term, we're continuing to add capacity. And quite frankly, you know, that's one of the main reasons that we, we appointed uh, Dr. Cowell as the official administrator to work with the AHS executive on focusing on you know uh, emergency department wait times uh, and the flow through the entire system um, and make those changes as quickly as possible so we can address it quite frankly not only in our our uh, in you know, the kids hospitals in, in Calgary and in Edmonton uh, but our hospitals across the entire system. Thanks for that. Uh, follow up, Jason. Yeah, sure. Just wondering if, if, if maybe you give me a sense on what could be on the table here. I mean, you mentioned the. Red Cross being called in at the uh, CHEO, is that something that could happen here? Could we see broader pediatric surgical postponements? Can you give me a sense of that? So we're, we're not hearing any of that right now. Um, you know, part of, we, we continue to build capacity generally uh, in our system. I know this was a very difficult choice for, for AHS to make, uh, to be able to do this for a, on a temporary basis for a, a short period of time. Um, and then you know, as I said before, it appears we, you know, some signs that we may be at the peak of the of the uh, of this bout of flu. Now, again, you know, typically we have multiple bouts of flu uh, over the course of flu season, um, so we may uh, very well have a, another a round of this sort of after uh, Christmas and, and into new, new Year. But we are continuing to build capacity at the same time, uh, add more resources uh, into our emergency departments and add more resources into our hospitals uh, and open up new beds. So that, that work is ongoing. Um, so you know, at this point in time, uh, this is the, you know, the decision made by AHS saying the best way to actually meet the need, the immediate need right now. We are continuing to build capacity, and, and we'll see what happens going forward. Thanks, Minister. We'll wrap it there. As always, if you have more questions, you can follow up with me uh, and or the AMA directly. Uh, and thanks particularly, Dr. Rinaldi, for joining us. Thanks so much.